Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. This is Baron, and welcome back to Deep Shit. Um, I hope you enjoyed the last episode with Mr. Todd Levin. I really did. And I can't stop thinking about those things that he said, you know, about adulthood being wrapped around in a series of, of purchases. Our, our ideas of what it means to be a grown-up have been tied around consumerism. That's pretty incredible, and uh, it's something that I have to keep coming back to and thinking about what is and isn't beyond that. And today's podcast, um, thematically in my opinion, ties to it um, on the subject of parenting. We have back with us the great Miss Eliza Skinner, and uh, because parenting is beyond um, objects, um, although a lot of people become parents because they want to have an object that they created, which we'll talk about a little bit in the podcast. And um, also, you know, we touch a little bit on the industry of parenting, which in uh, the U.S. is a financial burden to be a parent, and in some other countries it is not as much. Again, something we'll touch on, and hopefully uh, you guys will do more research on that yourselves. <laughs> Just think of my podcast as a, as a, as a huge assignment to something that you need to, every time you listen to, you know, like, well, I need to go research that uh, myself. <laughs> now I know. And then you do whatever you do after that. Um, I was imagining a mime of, put, you know, um, fixing glasses because that's what smart people do because their eyes hurt from all the reading, bro. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I am back here in uh, Vancouver, the couve, as I like to call it. Um, and I'm starting to go out to more comedy shows. It's, it's been really hard because I, I, I feel isolated, but, but that makes me want to isolate myself and, uh, I'm not getting up as much as I would like to. And it's mainly because I don't know what the hell my schedule is going to be like week in and week out. I can't guarantee somebody beyond the day of the show that I could do a show. So that sucks. Uh, I went down to Seattle this weekend, got to see some some good stand-up. My friend Rory Scoville was over at the Comedy Underground, hung out there. Nick Thune was in town, showed up, hung out a little bit. Uh, and then I saw Tommy Jonigan at Laughs in Kirkland. And uh, Tommy Jonigan is upsettingly good. He is an incredible stand-up comedian. And I mean when I say the word incredible the dude is unreal and um shit it's it's disheartening <laughs> it makes i see that and i go like oh, i should just quit i should just quit and stop and i'm having all sorts of existential crises up here um crises crises whichever one is correct it's crises it doesn't really matter but uh you know we'll get into that some other day anyway speaking of existential crises um here's miss eliza skinner talking about parenting with me, a, a topic of my choosing, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Boom. This person in my life. Because some people, I can date, and then after that, <clears throat> I can date them, and then after that, we can be friends. And then some people, it's just not going to happen, because it's not who they are, or it's just the dynamic is not going to be, I can't not think of you in this way, and it's going to bother me every time I see you. Yeah, well, and I, I'm I'm friends with most of my exes, and I... Uh, I, I really like them. They're great guys. But I definitely think there needs to be a time while where you're 
not at you least you can't for me. do the instant people try no, to do that like let's instant, let's be friends no, tomorrow you're fooling yourself that's no. just dra- dragging it out and you're like it's 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 sucking the chocolate off the junior mint like just get a different candy you know you don't want a junior mint does that make any sense um i i feel like you could have done better with like a chicken wing okay. or rib or, metaphor me, no mm. Like what like I'm still like still biting a bone, but like there's no more. What meat. I'm saying is all of those all those like well, but we you know so much of our relationship was that we were friends or or we were friends before we started dating. No, you weren't. You were always trying to bone. You were there was always some aspect of you. So like let that wash away, and then start a new relationship if one is warranted. Well, I've had the I've had the experience of knowing someone for a good a couple times knowing someone for a good year before we had a relationship. Which, which actually gave to when it ended, it being okay because we already it had identities. There wasn't like some sexual tension that whole time, so on some level. Maybe I mean, um, just like the sometimes, idea- sometimes okay, but it's not it's not a, it's not a wash thing. Sometimes that sexual tension is always there, and it's like it just never matched up because neither of us were single at the you know both of us weren't single at the time but that's or whatever. What I'm saying. But then there's also sometimes where there is no I feel nothing sexual about this girl. I bet she felt something. And then something literally about something clicks and we were both like, whoa, what just happened? I bet she felt something sexual about you then. That's a possibility. I'm just saying. Um and uh also it's uh I think I think a lot of times that that willingness to like oh be friends is to prove how much you don't care about the break. Like, oh, this doesn't phase me. I'm not upset. I can just be friends with you. Speak from your own experience. Eliza. We can just hang out, don't you think? Uh, not always. I think I think, a, I think a lot of it is to like prove that you're really cool with it. You're not upset with this with the breakup or or have a sense of loss. <gasps> oh, or you're anything. talking about like post breakup. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant as a substitute to being in a relationship in the first place. No, 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 no. No, I mean the like post breakup. Be like, yeah, yeah, it's all cool. And I feel like it's okay for it to. There, uh, it's okay for it to not be cool. Be cool. Yeah. I don't think there's a, again like we were talking about like the power loss of all that. Like there, I don't think there's a power loss in I give a shit about this. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just I really think that that is like the thing that is that men of my generation are pretty wrapped up in in this this identity of being a bachelor, this identity of being single, and that a woman is a threat to the identity, is a threat to my quote unquote freedom or some bullshit. So, like I said, you know, I've said before, it's like uh, sometimes you get into a situation where the guy treats you in a way where it's him versus you, yeah, instead of it's him and you. It's yeah. like you're in a competition for his affections, and he's not going to give it to you. You're going to have to come fight for it, but he's going to play all these weird games and move it around like it's American Gladiators of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got to go up against Nitro at the end, dodge those fucking yeah. tennis balls. And that's the kind it's of a game. tennis ball cannon. It, it makes me feel like, you know, like when you have a really complicated game that like takes forever, like a board game that takes forever to set up, and then by the time you've, you've set it up, you're like, I am too tired to play this game. That's what that feels like to me. You know, me. that's honestly how I feel about video games now. Yeah. Since I rejoined the gaming world and got a PlayStation 3. Like, I mean, obviously, I, haven't play, I didn't play games for like a good decade until like a couple years ago. And I have missed a lot. <laughs> like, they have, they have become oh, yeah. so sophisticated. Events that are amazingly acted and well-written, better than movies, make as much money as movies. And there's better, better like I was saying, there's better storytelling, but it's like interactive storytelling a lot of the time. So... I will avoid playing a game if I want to because I know once I start it. Are you talking I'm, about Laserdisc games? Is that Yeah, Laserdiscs. Because okay. once you start it, you're like, oh, I'm going to get so invested. And then suddenly I'm going to have to flip the discs <laughs> in the middle of I've only ever seen one movie on Laserdisc. 
little, oh. little shop of horse. I my dad had a laser disc player when I was growing up. It looked really good. Honestly, it, I remember yeah, it looking yeah. like we would have to go to this one video store that actually rented laser discs because my dad is a filmmaker and so he would he, he would consider it worth. He had to be up on the latest technologies. Yeah. So we went to this one place that always had laser discs, has had a little laser disc section, and they had the weirdest selection. I remember I kept renting the uh, the collection of Ramones videos. Hmm. On Laserdisc? Because, yeah, that was one of the things they had on Laserdisc. I didn't know the Ramones had videos. <laughs> on Laserdisc, they do. Maybe that's why nobody knows. I always think about, what's that What's that Rock and Roll High School? Uh-oh, uh-huh. what's that? Yeah, Rock and Roll High School. Rock, rock, there's a, rock, there's rock, a dog. Rock, you hear the dog? Cool. Yeah, not in the apartment. I just wanna grab some kicks. Are we podcasting? Yeah, we're podcasting. Oh, okay. We've always we've been we've always been podcasting. What? But I talked about personal things. I know. I, I told you I'm going to cut those things out. Okay. But now everyone Ooh, listening, you're going to cut my personal things. Uh-oh. Gross. Oh, gross. <laughs> Trust me, it's already a wound. Um, oh, that's wow. disgusting. I know. Wow. But you just you just brought up the personal things we talked about that everyone listening is not going to know what the hell we're talking about. We talked about underpants. We talked about <laughs> underpants. The Steve Martin play called The Underpants. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a. Why did my brain do that? You know, he, has, he does have a play called The Underpants. That doesn't surprise me. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, well, I guess I want to bring something back because we're, um, I, I'm trying to think of this article that I read called The Expectation Trap or something. And it was about relationships and the expectations that we heave on, mm. the, on the other person. And, um, but I think we, you know, that, that's like such a thing that like, oh, don't have expectations. No, no, no. It's not saying don't have oh, expectations. Good. Okay. It's not saying, I think it's totally okay to have expectations. Yeah. You just have to be honest about your expectations yes. and you have to be willing to negotiate Yeah. and you have to be willing to compromise. That's the whole thing. Because we, it seems like a lot of people are stuck in that, like, you got to hold on to what you believe in and don't be afraid to change. You're like, well, which one is it? <laughs> it's both. That's what yeah. it is. Some don't things- try to change him. And also... You just like don't ever ask for the things that you need. Like wait, wait, wait. Those aren't saying such extremes. I need X, Y, and Z is not like I'm changing you into someone who can give me that. Because sometimes you have to say what you need and to say what you expect to realize that maybe it isn't as important as you thought. Mm. Just just to put it and just to go for it and just to be like, you know what, I want this. And then when you get it, you're like, you know what, I realized that I did. I don't. And well, I was wrong about it. Or to see that like. Maybe there's something bigger than the fact that you're not getting that. Like I, uh, I dated a guy, and it was so we had these weird little bickery things, and one of them was that um, I wanted to sometimes, occasionally in my human life, get flowers. That seemed like a nice thing to get from your boyfriend, and he would not do it, especially because I had asked for it. Mm. That became a thing where he was like, "No, I'm not going to do that." And then I was like, oh, maybe the problem is not that I'm not getting flowers. It's that I'm dating someone who can't just do something the, nice that I've got yeah. that I've like gotten the guts up to be like, hey, this is a thing. I have a I mean, I have a similar thing when when I'm asked to tell someone something because then it feels forced. It's like it's like uh, the only thing I can think of to compare it to is when I was young and my parents, I was literally about to take out the trash I'm leaving my room to go to the kitchen to take out the trash. And as I walk out my door, I hear, why didn't you take out the trash yet? Like, it's literally the thing I was just about to do. Yeah, but that's... And now that you've made me conscious about it, I now do not want to do it just because. But that has, like, anger attached to it. It does, because... hey, Baron, you know... Well, it's because... We don't want you to make a trash. It's because I'm being... I feel like I'm being treated less than Mm. for not doing something that I was going to do. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I was going to do it. And it's like, 
I've had the experience with women where they want me to say I've been I've been asked to tell someone they love I love them Ooh. or you know but it's after we've already said oh okay we, you know it's the thing we like, say it's like tell me that. you love me or tell me something nice you know and it's like I will tell you I love you if I love you and I will tell you things that are nice all of the time but when you make me conscious about it then it doesn't feel like I, it's genuine you know this brings me to an interesting Cosby Show episode that I watched last Which night. Which you've been watching nonstop on. <laughs> so much Cosby if you didn't, Show. If you don't know, the entirety of the Cosby Show is on Netflix. Instant streaming. Uh, so it's on my TV all the time. Holds up. Except there are a lot of, like, no one ever mentions how rich they are. They like act like they're like we're a middle class family. Like, it was kind I of, mean, I mean, it was something that was written super about. Super rich. It was something that was written about at the time. Because yeah, I guess it wasn't filtering down to well, because if five you think about all the other, it, it's kind of a response. He he was kind of responding to what of the other black shows, right? Which yeah. were like Jeffersons. They're all like, I work and, in a junkyard. Yeah, Jefferson's Good Time, Sanford and Son. You know what's happening? Like where it was like a kind of a lower class black family. You know, even though they had high morals, you know they didn't have everything, but they yeah. uh, they always had what they needed. Yeah, um, I just get the I just got very much the uh, the the friends feeling when you like watch Friends. You're like, how could they have that apartment? Yeah, how yeah, yeah. Wait, how are they not she works always at a coffee shop working? Living a high rise in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Yeah. So, but um, but the, but I'm just saying that like the Cosby Show when it was on did get a lot of flack from the black community saying it it was not a uh, accurate representation. Of black life because not everybody had was as rich and as well yeah. off as they were. And I do remember that's that, true. But, but I mean, I think regardless of race, just anybody, they're they're just rich for anybody. They're, <laughs> they're super duper rich. I'll tell you my joke that I wrote about it that that is about this. After you tell your story, okay. Well, the episode that uh, that I was thinking about was uh, Claire feels kind of run down, you know, because she's working so hard and is a mom to these what twenty children. <laughs> and all their little weird friends that come in. Oh gosh, cockroach and mm-hmm. Bud. Yeah. You know, Bud. Who, you know oh, who Bud Kenny. is Kenny. You mean? But you know who played that part? Part who? Mister Dulay Hill of Psych. No, it's not. What? Yeah, you look it up on uh, on on IMDb. That there's a little um, there, there's there's info at the bottom because people always think that, and it's like actually not him. I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah, everybody thinks that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so she's feeling run down. So Cliff takes her out on the town, has a special not uh, not a mom night where they go out to dinner and they have a, <laughs> yeah. they have a room in a hotel. And when they get to the hotel, he's like, she comes out of the bathroom and she's like looking all pretty in her silky gown and stuff. And he's like, mm, all right, let's get it on. And she's like, what, Cliff? Don't say that to me. You got to be more more uh, romantic. And he's like, and she she was like, say say you look so beautiful. And he's like, don't tell me what to say. I know how to say it. I know how to. You gotta just let me do. Let me do my thing. Let that's, me. Okay, yeah. Are you gonna cut that out? Um, no, I'm not gonna cut that out. What are you okay. talking about? I gotta cut out that bad uh, Cosby impersonation. Eliza Skinner does Bill Cosby. <laughs> that's that's your new that's your new uh, solo show. Eliza Skinner is Bill Cosby. Just a picture of you. Pudding pop. Pudding pop in a crazy sweater exactly. and blackface. Picture pages. Anyway, uh, continue. Yeah. So so yeah, but it, it, there's nothing interesting. It's just that there was the exact same. He's thing gonna as what do it. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah, I will do it. But as soon as he did, like even the smallest thing, she was like, "Yeah, that's it. Let's let's get it on." Well, you know the thing is that like, I guess I guess what it is is that, that you're you're telling me you're disappointed in me for not thinking to do these things before, right before I was about to do them. Ooh, but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's not. I'm. That's, I'm, I'm just telling. That's how I feel. It's but just I, like well, I was going to do this. Now that you're telling me to do it, it means. But you didn't. You didn't think I was going to do that. But if you're doing it with somebody, 
and you want them to do something like in the sack, you're not, you don't tell them that because you're disappointed they didn't already do it. You're like, hey, this would be cool if you did it, if you flim flam my gym jam. <laughs> To, to stay with Cosby, <laughs> you know. Oh, I mean, I so feel it's like not. That's it's very not. There's not. Though. No, but it doesn't need. It, that's not, it's not. It's still instruction. They're both instructions. Wait, are they? Instru- it's 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 communication. It's mm, here's what I need. Here's what I want. I feel like. It, uh, Don't you want to know what somebody wants? I guess the thing is that I've rarely been asked in a nice voice. Oh, it's, yeah. It always is in a tone of disappointment. Oh, yeah. That makes and a like, big difference. I can't believe you didn't think to do these things. It's like, I did. And I was about to do them. But now that you're disappointed that I didn't do them, I don't want to do them. Yeah, I get real dispassionate in those moments. It's very like, well, this is what's wrong with your car. You're going to need to buy these parts. And there we go. It's not like, why didn't you drive your car differently? I mean, it's different, like, I, I guess because I have been said, like, oh, say something nice, and if, it, if it's, it's said in a nice way, then of course I'll say something nice. I have plenty of nice things to say. But it's like, it's always been in this, this tone of, I can't, like, a character, like, doubting my character, that <laughs> I can't believe that you didn't think to do these things. It must mean that you're not the kind of person I thought you were. Uh, I think that, that sounds like you're putting a lot of pressure it, it on yourself on to the, not make mistakes. Depends on the person. Hmm. No, they're telling that to me. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I have heard and I have received. Right. And it and it feels like a it feels like character assault. And that's what makes me sh- and it makes me shut down. It makes me go like it makes me think then then there's nothing I can do that's good enough. Wow. Because it because ma- it then I'm like it makes me think that they haven't seen any of the other things that I've done or that I've said. But what if they, all these so, displays so, of affection? So what 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 is what should that person do then? If they if 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 you do a Stop lot of being thi- so insecure. <laughs> oh come on! Ooh, that's the beginning of gaslighting. Um, uh, that, I mean, that, like, a- oh, your insecure stuff is like. Whoa, I'm really, I'm really lumping. They're secure enough to tell you the thing that they need. Mm, but it's always been in a very insecure tone. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. And I have been told from a secure place, and I'm not even see. I those aren't the ones that are in my brain. When it's been told to me or asked of me to do something from a place of security and affection. Then I do it. I don't even think about it. But when it comes from the insecure, something must be wrong with you. You didn't think to do this for me. Then that, those are literally all the times I'm thinking about are that. Yeah. The ones that I'm not even thinking about the times where I've done it because it, the person who asked, asked in a way that I didn't feel assaulted at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm jumping to. But I'm, I'm, I am lumping together and saying like, oh, all the times it's happened has been this. Those are just the times I remember. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just I feel like <laughs> I just feel like there's I mean there has to be a way that you can ask for those things and it's and and you know sometimes that relationship has has made you sometimes not having gotten that thing that maybe seemed obvious to you like it seems obvious to me that like yeah boys give girls flowers yeah but you know the other thing why about didn't that I get is, that what's the matter mm, uh, it depends then, on the boy uh, how postmodern he wants to be yeah. Yeah, because it's know. like it's like oh, I have to give you. I've given flowers because I know it's expected, and, or because I think it's ironic. Like I do it ironically, but I know it'll actually be appreciated. Yeah, I think that also is though is a, a problem with uh, uh, comedians, with us as comedians, because we got to overthink all of that stuff and be like, well, the expected thing to do is this, and so that's hack. It would be hack for me to give you flowers. Uh, but, I'll, but yeah, and I think that and I'll do it, and I write a very usually a very you know self conscious funny note 
to be like, huh? This is what I'm supposed to do, right? Yeah. You know what you're supposed to do. But really, it just. <laughs> but really, it just it just makes a person happy, and isn't that the whole point of being in a relationship? To be like, I make you a little happy, you make me a little happy. Yay! That was better than just a regular other. You know, day. actually, something. My first girlfriend ever said something to me that um, is you're marrying it. But it was wise. <laughs> it was it was wise. It was like the point of a relationship is the way that she put it. Not the best way, but I know what she meant. She said the point of a relationship is an, it's an ego boost. <laughs> she's like it's we make each other feel better about each other and ourselves. But she's but she's like but the point isn't to be. I'm totally responsible for your happiness. Yes, and it's not and it's not like uh, if there is a problem with you, I'll just tell you it's that it's not there. Sometimes it's, oh, yo, there is a problem there. I'm going to be the one who also kind of points it out in a loving way um, and helps you get to the point where you fix it and then you feel even better about yourself. Do you know what I mean? Nope. Okay. So. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I'm just yeah, okay. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I mean, it, it, so, so yeah, so like all this, oh, there doesn't need to be all this drama. The same guy, the same, the flowers guy, we had the most ridiculous ongoing fight for ye- years. We dated for years and there was this one subject we could not talk about and people couldn't talk about it around us zombies could not discuss zombies um here's my question mm-hmm. what the fuck okay on one of our first like it was it was one of those relationships that got going really quickly um huh. and like, and, you had, and you guys didn't you guys didn't think to just talk about zombies like really early no we did that's what i'm saying it's like so, okay wh- how are your feelings of zombies what i'm saying just, is this was very early on but it was oh, like okay. when we're in that point of like oh my gosh i like you so much i like you so much i'm in love with you i'm so in love with you your fingers are amazing your toes are the cutest like everything is so super and great right and in the midst of all of this uh he was like oh i am um, and i uh, you know i this is so silly. I uh, I have a whole plan for what I would do when zombies attacked. And I was like, that is so silly. Zombies attacking. You have a whole plan. What is it? Tell me your silly plan. And he's yeah. like, okay. All right. So I have this backpack and I know which one it is. And I would, I would load it up with canned goods and stuff. And I have this collapsible shovel that would be good for as a shovel or for attacking people. Because, you know, you got to hit them in the head. And then I would, I would cross, uh, cross the park and I would go um, get my brother. And then I would go over to New Jersey and get out of the city. And I was like... What? What about me? Because <laughs> his brother Christ. lived in my neighborhood, by the way. Um, so I was like, "What? What about me?" And his response was, "You live in Queens. That would be suicide." This <laughs> is. I was like, the okay. best, most ridiculous fight I've ever heard. It was. In my life. I, I wrote a, I wrote a whole uh, web, web series about it. But um, you live in Queens. It would be suicide. It would be suicide. And I was like, wait a minute. But you love me. You just. You were just saying how much you loved me. And he was like, yeah. But we're talking about zombies. And I was like, yeah. Who, which are imaginary. So we can just sort of. Just say it. You we can, can just, just say. You can give me that platitude. Exactly. You can just be like, then I would pick you up over my shoulder and run to the woods and like, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. There's zombies. Then he was like, no, that would You be- wanted him to do what Simon Pegg did in Shaun of the Dead. Or he goes straight for his girlfriend. It. He just goes just straight for his girlfriend. Just say it. And she, uh, and he, he was like, uh, uh, yeah, no, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be honest. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say that. Wow. Yeah, and it, and and so I'd be like, so I like sort of laughed it off, but then we it ended up coming up again later, and he would not. I neither of us c- could could deal with it, could deal with what the other one was was saying or asking for. I just imagine. I guess I just imagine you both at a party, 
or a bar or something and you're not really sitting close to each other, like you're on the opposite sides of a table and then you're having completely different conversations with different people and then someone says you both hear the word zombie at the same time and then from across the room look at each other like, you know what that means? Sort of. Because it for, because oh it was God. so ridiculous to us, we'd be like, ha remember that? Oh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned zombie because we had this fight and he wouldn't say, yeah, and she wouldn't say, and what? And, and like, it would just, wow. it would just snowball right back into a fight. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that's kind so of I'm amazing. I'm like, that's so ridiculous that you can't just say it. And he's like, that's so ridiculous that you care. This is so stupid. Hmm. Could pause. <laughs> yeah, we were both really stupid about it. Well, I mean, like it, it, you know, it. Uh, you, but you're saying that you think it uh, it pointed to a bigger issue yeah. between the two of you. Yeah, that he just wouldn't uh, say something. Yeah, it. it His thought is like she just needs to hear this. She doesn't need yeah. it. And you're like, why can't he just say it? Yeah, like, I feel like you know, people do need things. Like that's sorry, you get in a relationship with somebody, they need things sometimes. If they need ridiculous, like difficult things that are are upsetting and too compromising to mm-hmm. you then yeah that's too much but yeah i'd come get you if zombies attacked that's not too much and um what what a, what a what a good risk though <laughs> you know i mean that's that's what every song from the 80s is about risking it all yeah to get to queens yeah but those songs are written by people who are not in relationships um, there are never songs that are like, so we're still together and it's not a big deal and our friends come over for game night. I feel like I have heard that song. Really? I feel like I, there are certain songs that I've heard where it's like how the whole point of them is we've been together a long time and how do we keep it fresh? Yeah, those songs are written right after somebody cheated on somebody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You, uh, you, you, uh, right after a... somebody got in big trouble and they got through it and they're like, look at us, we're still together. <laughs> you, you're undermining the music industry right now. <laughs> the music industry is based on cheating. <laughs> um, you heard it from Eliza Skinner. Yep. Well, um, wait, actually, they heard it from you. <laughs> no, 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 that was your voice. Me. It was you doing a Cosby impression again. <laughs> um, speaking of which, let's, 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 let's tie this all around to this subject, which I brought up. I thought would be interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the idea of expectations does, because we're talking about relationships, and ultimately the paradigm now, date, dating is um, uh, a marriage audition, mm-hmm. is, is what it is. When you're in a relationship, you're auditioning someone. I'm, I'm visualizing it as a, a chorus line right now, though. So, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I hope I get it. How many wives does he need? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's a different. That's a different. That's uh, big love. How many boys? How many girls? How many boys? How many? Oh God, I need to be loved. All right, um, I'm done. My voice is totally shot. Uh, what the hell is I talking about? See, I'm now. I'm thinking about Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. The uh, uh, Will Ferrell, Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah. Because that that's a whole thing about chorus line. Okay, so what we're talking about is <sighs> dating as an audition. Hold on, I'm not done with this side. Oh gosh. That's what people tune in for. <sighs> <laughs> oh man, I'm bringing anybody that's ever had like a, a obscene phone call. I'm bringing back memories right now. Uh, Hello. <sighs> I got a really weird obscene. Phone <sighs> Who is this? <sighs> Morty. I don't know why Morty's the first name that comes to mind. You got an obscene phone call? Yeah, a really weird one. When I was a reservationist for hotels, this guy. Uh, I, I was. I used to work weekends sometimes, and it would be real slow. And some guy called in on a weekend and uh, asked me if he could do uh, some sort of phone 
test, like, like uh, survey. Like where he's asking me all these questions. And it was so slow. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Okay, sure, whatever. Um, and they started off as questions like, so how long is your commute? Okay. How do you find your, uh, do you use a different, uh, do, do you read books or use electronic devices during your commute? Oh, okay. Innocent uh, yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, do you wear, do, do, do you wear socks? Do you touch yourself? Like, like it started getting weirder and weirder. And I was like, wait a minute. On the commute? Oh, no, no. Just like the questions. There were just like these general <laughs> questions. And it became like super creepy. And I'm like, I don't want to take the survey anymore. He's like, just, uh, but yeah, but wait, I got more questions. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, like this dude is jerking off, giving me a survey about mm. my commute. So you, but, uh, it, but I felt like he did a did lot a of work. Yeah. I felt like he did a lot of work. To get there, what a fucking horrible fetish that you have to <laughs> you have to give people surveys over the phone. Yeah, shit. Yeah, that is that's such a that's a lot of it's that's tough. a hard daytime minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm saying relationship structure, right? Yeah, you date, you get married, then what happens? You have kids, family, right. blah blah blah. Right, right. everybody got saying quote unquote the American dream. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of people of our ilk in our age, especially, have a lot of Babies? I could never, yeah. There's a lot of, I could never be, they, they're babies, they're all about babies. But there's a lot of people, I keep feeling like I keep hearing, I could never be a parent, I could never have kids. Oh my God. Blah. Right? Right. And I keep seeing in stand-up more, because 20 years ago, stand-ups our age were married and had kids. Oh, yeah. And now, none of us are married and have kids. Yeah. Um, well, pretty much, mostly, especially in Los Angeles and New York, because it's not as expected as it used to be. Right. But... There's a lot of also marriages. The power structure has changed. Like yeah, well, the you power structure. Somebody who's real there at home. Well, but that's what I'm going to get to. Okay. Because I've thought a lot about. I've been thinking a lot about parenting mm-hmm. and what that is and what it means to have kids. Blah blah blah. And um, a lot of the ideas that I keep hearing over and over again, I'm starting to be like, I don't think that's right. That that is wrong, right? And I think a lot of it is 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 based on what we have seen a parent to be, which is we have a lot of ideas in our in our culture about what parenting is supposed to be. And I think it really turns people off to being parenting because it's very hard, Mm -hmm. but it's because we're extremely isolationist. Mm -hmm. We're very isolated parent, you know, um, isolationist. Am I saying it correctly? There's a lot of isolation to being a parent. Yeah. that, That this is like. You got to do everything. You're doing for your it on kids. your own. Yeah, you're, and and your family is your family unit where you you decide how how your kids learn about X, Y, and Z, and when and where and and to hell with anyone else's opinions, mm-hmm. whether it be your actual family or teachers at school. That's not what I taught them. Yeah, right. They should learn all that at home. Yes. Well, geez, that's uh, but you don't talk to them. Yeah, that's an awful lot to to all learn at home. Exactly. Well, it's just interesting because it seems like. And there what's was, so scary about, like, it's like, that's the safe place to learn about things. What's so scary about school and the rest of the world? the world. Like, can it all be? Yeah, see, that's the thing. We're, a we're, good place to learn? It seems like that there's the style of parenting is isolation and control, mm-hmm. but still somehow, at least in this country, the child is in charge mm-hmm. because the parent will do whatever they, whatever the child wants. Because there's this... I guess that there's a lot of people, it seems, that, that are trying to make it easy. Like, they want it to be easier, and they can't believe that it's not easy. And they try to do everything to make it less hard. Yeah. Which, like, it, that's impossible. Yeah. I mean, and 
because there was some essay or some study that was done about whether the question was, does parenting, does being a parent make you happy? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I read that in the, in the uh, in New Europe. York magazine. It makes you uh, less, it, p- people who have ch- who are parenting, who are actively parenting, mm-hmm. are far less happy than pe- people who do not have children. But later on in their life, once the children are adults and have moved out, the people who are par- who are parents are far more happy than people who have never had children. They have regret. But well, and it's not just regret. It's just like all it's across the board and in different areas, they are less happy. It's, I mean, some of it is, oh, I should have done that. But it's also just like, I don't have the same amount of support. I don't have the same amount of uh, right. love coming into my life from different directions. Right, right. And the thing that got me in that article was that the original study was done in Europe. Hmm. And that the question was, the answer was, yes, parenting does make you happier in the moment, hmm. in the the actuality of it. But in America, the exact same survey was the opposite results. And to me, it denotes the question of culture because it is expensive to be a parent in America because we don't have universal health insurance, because yeah. we have to work a full-time job and pay for our own health insurance and pay for our kids' health insurance and maybe pay for daycare and buy all these supplies. In Europe, like um, I know a girl who has had a job for two years in Sweden, and the reason she has it is because a woman who had the job before her decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. And in a, c- a couple months after that, she got pregnant and decided she was going to have the child, right? Mm-hmm. You can take two years off of work paid to become a parent in Sweden. insane. And to us, that's like, why would anyone do that, right? Yeah. And and like in France, there's a similar sort of thing and the government sends a nanny to your house. No, that's shut up. Shut up. Shut up. The government (laughs) sends a woman to help you take care of the child, do laundry, clean your house. So here's another thing, another issue. Um, it's actually a uh, an okay cupid question. Um, okay. Do you okay cupid? Tell me uh, the question because you know they have all these little questions and they use that to to scientifically match people up. Right. Um, do you think that uh, that stupid people should not have children? Like the whole the whole like stupid people and smart people having children, right. and, and like idiocracy, the idea that man that that, that know, parable right? the parable of idiocracy. I still yeah. think about that smart people are not having children um because they're waiting so much longer and then by the time they want to have kids it's It's harder it's yeah it's too late and i think a lot of that is that is like the smarter you are the harder you can see that it is it's going to be stupid people are like or like babies just come out of you right and they figure whatever but here's the thing my my question is like obviously stupid people are having kids and the kids are alive yeah they're alive right so they did something the kid's alive um but I think that people tend to overthink it so much, and we think so much about, oh, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, that we psych ourselves out about it. But my question is, if it were an accident... You'd deal with it. That if, if I was suddenly a father, I would rise to yeah. that challenge. There's, That's, I'm not going to shirk that responsibility. You know, I, when I was, uh, I was in a uh, very committed... I, I was engaged mm-hmm. and um, trying to wrap my head around the idea of getting married, the idea of having kids, mm-hmm. and really did not want to do either. Um, and I talked to my dad about it and was like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I am ready for that. And I look at this guy and I don't feel like he is ready for that. And that all just super scares me. And my dad was like, yeah, no, you're never ready for that until it happens. Until it happens. Once it happens, 
then you just figure it out. Well, and it was really weird to hear from my father. from my father, thinking like, "Oh, wait, but you're you got you guys had your shit together." No, 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 we did not have our shit together at all. But again, I think there's there's it's a, it's a cultural thing, but it's also a generational thing, and our parents did not have to deal with what we have to deal with. True. They're, they they literally did not have as much stimuli that they have to take in on a daily basis. I know. It I have to listen not, to so many podcasts. I can't raise yeah, a kid. You can't. It's hard. But it takes longer for us to become financially independent, yeah. which is now the thing. Because it used to be you got out of high school, you got married. Yeah, you bought a house. You bought a you house. Bought a goddamn house. You got a house. job. You didn't have to go to college to get a job. Do you know how much a house costs? If I, I, not, not as Millions much. of dollars. Now, then it was like 10. Yeah. My parents <laughs> bought their house for $30,000. They paid $100 a month in a mortgage check. Can and you believe that? That is completely unheard of now. But that's the thing. Like, that's why I see, okay, our parents' generation doesn't seem, they, they do not get us. I know. And it's and not even look, just psychologically. I, I, it's it's so, like they don't understand what's happened externally and the fact that college, that everyone yeah, has to feels, go to college now. It feels now. really embarrassing. It's like, oh, I'm I'm a real screw up that I. Well, that's how they make you where feel. I, where I'm at. That's how they make you feel over yeah. and over again because they because we have this idea in our cult in our culture that if you have financial problems, it's your fault. You, fuck you, you did that. I know. It's not like no, there's predatory companies. Yeah. I you know we're being told you can buy a house. You know you want to be an adult, right? And then you're signing papers that are things that you don't understand. And then suddenly it oh, the bubble pops. No shit. Yeah. No shit. The other thing that though that I that it, the the big difference between when we were being parented and now we our peer group becoming parents um, that I find very upsetting is how much knowledge the, the the different relationship we as a culture have with knowledge and children now. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, I feel like every the whole culture was trying to shove as much knowledge into our brains as possible right like here is information here are ideas about sex education about uh about uh, religions about um evolution science all this stuff and now all of that stuff has become opinion and your family can decide what they right, right. want and sex education well, thera- is not kind an of opinion. a ther- therapy language yeah it's not an opinion how babies are made it's not an opinion how, you know, I mean, I guess you could say it's a the- evolution is still a theory, but come on, it's science. And I mean, that's insane to me that like now children are protected from knowledge. Like well, when do they get it? When do they yeah. get to be old enough to be adults to get adult knowledge? And that's the thing. I think that there's a lot of parents are doing are, are it's kind of overkill. Yeah, because those we, parents, like you were, all that stuff that you were saying about the about finances, mm-hmm. they got to be at work so much. Yeah, they got to be so they're 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 like out working two jobs all the time and are expected to come home and super parent these children and tell them everything that they won't let their schools tell them, but they somehow, won't let their society tell them. Somehow they're doing it. I mean, the average parent is spending kind of way more. I mean, uh, the, I, I mean, I've read some of this research, but the average parent is spending way more time with their children. Than their parents spent with them. Well, that's good. And have an amazing amount of guilt that it's not enough. Yeah. Because I personally think it's uh, because they're, they're trying to make, you know, it's like but that's the thing. structure. I think it, that because, they're. Okay, oh, go ahead. What are you well, it's just that, 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 that if they are the main everything for their kid, then yeah, it, it isn't enough. But if you divide that up and yeah, your kid needs a lot of input from you and from the neighborhood and from the church and from the school and all of that mm-hmm. and, and that's all equally weighed, 
Like that's how, like I feel like I was raised by a, a group. Yeah, the village. See, yeah. that's the, that's the biggest thing. The it takes a village mindset is very gone. It's something that we don't really do. We're afraid of our neighbors. We're afraid of the people on the street. We're afraid of our teachers. We're afraid of you know the government. So it's like we're trying to protect. We're if, we're, we're if, really forcing our opinions on our own children instead of yeah. letting it. Like so what I, if somebody tells my child something that I don't agree I don't with? Agree with? Well, it'll be broken. I'll have to throw that child away and get yeah. a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to crack it in the head and, yeah. and hope another child comes oh, out of it well, like a Russian you, doll. You ruined this child. Oh, back to the drawing board. I'll drive this car. Thanks a lot, the, Muslim. Into the river. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, or Muhammad. Um, so I had an interview with. I interviewed somebody who's a parent and. Um, was raised by a lot of people. Grew up in a, a, a town in Texas where she was around people all of the time. And so she's always kind of seen that model and, and it respected that model. And something that she said to me about how she raised her kids because I've, as I know her kids and they're, they're so intelligent and so mature and, and empathetic, especially when I met them and they were really young and they've still maintained being really interesting people even though they're neither of them are 20 yet, you know, or I think the oldest one is no, neither of them are 20. So, um, no, the oldest one is 20. No, she's not. Wait, did yes. I know them? Yeah, she is. Did I meet them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You did. I thought you were talking about them. Okay. So she told me that most parents, what they'll do is say you're at a beach mm-hmm. and your, your kid goes into the water. Most parents will go like, don't go in the water. It's cold. Helicopter mom. The water's cold. Don't go in the water. Yeah. She said what she does is, oh, you went in the water. I thought it was cold. What did you think? And then the child's asked their own opinion. Yeah. And has to make, has to decide, hmm, did I think it was cold or not? And now you have showed them that their opinion and that their ideas mean something, that it doesn't have to be your ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's, uh, who her son is, gosh, almost four now. Um, they're great. Uh, and she, she, her thing though is not saying be careful which is so tough because he'll be like throwing stuff around and i'm just just in my mind visualizing it going straight into his eyeball and really want to be like oh be careful um but she's, she's what's the like, what's the philosophy behind that uh because she feels like that's building fear mm. be careful that can hurt you be careful that can hurt you mm-hmm. and uh and so she's she tries to just find other other words and other ways of saying it saying things that don't that aren't like be careful because that can hurt you just like be mindful of not hurting other people um you Mm. know pay attention to where things are going things like that Mm. um but yeah because she just doesn't want to build fear fear hmm that's 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 really fascinating i can't because i'm because even when you said that i was like what else will you say besides be careful Uh, what she's basically saying is she has to think (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh well, what, I mean, a, what a weird thing in parenting yeah but i'm she, gonna think about what i say to my child but she also has already thought of it it's it's people like me who just walk in for christmas holidays and they're like be careful that um well but no a I'm lot like, of parents oh, do have to think of those because things. of the exhaustion yeah it's really hard to stay keen yeah she it's funny she like i i hung out with them when i was home for christmas and uh and she was like yeah i just i i've been really stressed out because she's pregnant again and she's like i've been really stressed out so i don't have the same amount of patience i don't or like i don't have any patience and i was like are you kidding me you have got insane patience the discussions that you have with this kid because he'll be like you know being a kid and rather than just be like now that water's cold as, as you said it's it is things like let's have a discussion about that one what do you think? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that takes so much more time and focus and thought than... That's pretty impressive. Yeah, right? That's really impressive. 
I mean, being a parent is stressful, but... So when does she have time to work on her comedy act? Uh-oh. Being a parent is stressful, but I think that what happens is people get um, obsessed with the stress, mm-hmm. that they can't stop thinking about how hard it is, and and the wor- and obviously we're talking about people, we're talking from the perspective of people who aren't parents, right? Yeah, yeah which exactly. Is, which we is got no idea. Well, you're not... A- but we were raised... Yeah. We had parents. Yeah. So we know what they did to us. So <laughs> we have a perspective on what it means to be a parent since to be parented. We had to be parented. So that that gives you the idea of what you want to do to your child, right? Yeah. But they also have like all crazy brain chemicals that we don't we what, don't have. What are you talking about? Oh man, those parent endorphins? Oh, oh, you're talking about Okay, okay. I didn't know if you were making a joke, but you no, you meant yeah. something like scientific. Seriously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, all, all that like Baron, you won't get it until you until you're a parent is true, so but it's also true about doing heroin. Yeah, and it's so condescending. Yo, you want once you get hair, once you have heroin, yeah. that's I've got a whole bit <laughs> about you that. Get a habit? Yeah, I know you've heard of it. Because <laughs> I okay, I tried to write a bit about parenting, and my my whole thing was that like I keep hearing people say and it was all about some of the things we've said about we overthink it that if it was by accident. Um, I would I think that most of us would be surprised with how good at it we are yeah. because there's no book written on how to be a parent. Well, there's five million books, which means it is a crapshoot <laughs> and that they think, all can't be right. But I think also part of that is in the same way that I think people I think we we all feel like, oh, we would rise to the occasion if, mm-hmm. if it happened accidentally. I feel like it's very akin to the same feeling of I kind of wish there would be a, some sort of apocalypse because then I could just like be like survive like i would have to like like it's like forcing you into a situation that it gives you permission to do it like yeah. i feel like we're all kind of like waiting for somebody to be like okay you can handle this well but that's the and thing it's, it's like, like well oop, i guess i can because i have to it's us and ourselves i mean like i was saying before like you know like people used to get married out of high school they used to get they it, it was you got married then you figured out what you're going to do and now it's switched it's yeah. okay. I'm going to get out of high school, get a college education. I'm going to get financially and psychologically stable. Then I'll get married. Married is now the cherry on top of a life well lived as opposed to you do that and then you figure shit out. Well, and then however long that happens, then you have kids, which is why people are having kids later and later and later in life. Fertility drugs. Octomom. Continue. And I think that part of that is um, feeling like you don't want to have to count on someone else. Like, I think especially for women, I don't want to have to count on someone else financially. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to just get married so that I've got the, I don't want to have to count on someone else to make me happy. I want to figure out how to make myself happy first. Right. And so, but then that translates into uh, family too, where it's like, oh, I, I don't know how to count on someone else now. I well, don't we, know how to have someone else count on me because I've gotten very good at. Counting on, for, on yourself. Uh, yeah. But I think it's, I think it me, uh, to me it means that. We don't know what's in between independent and codependent. Yeah. We think it's like either or. Yeah. And those are very extremes. It's okay to rely on someone else. Yeah. And to ask for something that you yeah. need. Because then it builds, what's it called? Trust, which is very important. Unless being asked for something that you need makes you feel like you are you should have already done it, Baron. Mm. Ooh, I called you one, your shit. But you know what it is? That's what it is. They didn't trust that I was going to do it. They didn't. Tr- that's what it is. I don't feel trusted. I didn't feel trusted, and in the, in, the, in the negative moments. But then think about that person, and like sometimes, sometimes you're strong, and sometimes you're you're at a weaker point. And when you're at a weaker point, you need more, and maybe you need it sooner. But it's ne- see the other thing is. It's but then never you're going to be same, at a stronger point later. It's like never been the same kind of people. See, but that's the thing. It's 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 always been specific kind of people that ask me in this way. That that's the only way they ever ask me, mm. because I've been asked 
because it because I've been asked for it. If you don't make it my fault that I, it's like I'm being blamed for not doing something I haven't done that I was going to do. That's what I'm saying. And it's I, I've had someone say, see the negative thing. If you're in a bad mood and feeling down, and you ask me to do something, that's totally different than now that I haven't done it, you're now upset. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're upset because I didn't think to do the thing that I didn't know you wanted me to do. But again, but here's the thing, Eliza. I'm just saying. That's just I've the way been, you've experienced I've, it. I've had it from mature, yeah. a mature woman who feels down and asks me to do something. It's completely different. Oh, okay. All right. So, you, it, so, so you, you do allow for that. Yeah. You do understand and allow for it's that. It's not because right it's not my fault. Yeah. She's not p- blaming me or, or assuming something about me because she's asking me to, because I didn't do this thing. Yeah. She's asking me to do it because she needs, she needs it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Right. But I've had it where it's, Something is wrong with you that you didn't do this, right, right, which right. means something's wrong with us that you didn't do this, right. and that that's the destruction of trust is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I feel like I've been horribly bad at explaining this. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I'm just I'm just pushing you on it. Okay. Anyway, I'm back sorry. To, back to parenting. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and and you know all of the people that I know with kids mm-hmm. are great at it. They're all great at it. None of them are like, this is too much. I've got to run for the hills. They're all like, they, they, none of them are helicopter parents. Mm-hmm. All of them are like uh, encouraging their kid to explore mm-hmm. and, and develop all these different relationships with people. Well, it's a reaction to the, the you have to force your kid because it's like, I wouldn't say that's a generation ago. It's like in between generations. Because I feel like it's the parents that were the parents right before our generation was parents mm-hmm. or sh- our shitty parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, and I think also a lot of people our age don't want to be parents because they didn't feel that they were taken care of well. Because they're like, hmm, my father, you, you, some people well, are looking at their own parents and realizing they should have never had me. Yes. And they're like, I'm not going to do that to somebody. Oh, I, or I'm not going to do that to myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I definitely. Well, it's the fear. I'm, is, is it because they had kids that they became insane, or yeah. were they just always insane? Or like having kids did not make you happy. I see that. I, I can see that me existing didn't make you happy, and also made you unhappy a lot mm. of the time. So that's not a great advertisement for me having kids. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, that does not make me. Yeah, like my. I think I feel like my my parents are like, gosh, why don't any of our children want to have children? Like. Uh, you didn't make it look super fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you made it look like kind of a drag. You made it look really hard. Yeah. Because um, that's so, all I think about. I think if the, whenever I think about parents be, being a parent, I instantly think about money. It's yeah. the first thing I think about. I don't think about the love and the support. And I think about how am I going to make sure it can eat and be warm. Yeah. I think about never. I think about uh, uh, work not being able to work. Mm. Well, that's what I think because it's like I, I have to be here with it. Mm-hmm. So the things that I can do that I do to make money so I can eat and be warm aren't the things I can do for uh, – I can't do the same things. Yeah. You know? Um, and again, I know people who with kids who work and they're they're fine. They're doing it. Yeah. But it's still just – I don't know. But I think the thing is that like I th- that, that relates to the isolation because we've gotten – a lot of parents don't depend on other parents. That's yes. why. That's why there's – People lock out, lock people out of their parenting technique and see them in a way as an enemy, yeah. as a, anybody except me is going to be a bad influence on my child. Yeah. So because of that, that hyper protection, they alienate a lot of people. 
um, this article I read that was about parenting, uh, or there was a section about parenting, said that we are that we we our country is the isolation model mm-hmm. that we don't have the big Italian family kind of model where it's like because I think this woman who wrote it was uh, she was born in Peru or something and she talked about being at a table and it's like as a kid and it's her parents are there and then the kids from next door are there with their parents and then there's there's adults who aren't parents that are friends with the parents yeah and then there are kids from down the street whose whose parents are at home and it was like we all like each other and we all depend on each other and it's like these are people aren't strangers to me yeah these are my neighbors that can take care of me and that i can take care of their kids and all that stuff i've seen the prego commercials okay. i know what you're talking you've about. seen those olive garden commercials exactly you know, hospitaliano you're that's always, what you mean you're always family um <laughs> yeah but yeah well it's it's sort of like the more advanced quote-unquote a society gets the more individualistic and the more it moves away from a communal society mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all these primitive societies are communal um it's another thing that we're doing that's exactly like rome hmm? so it's another thing that we're doing that's exactly like rome yeah continue yeah. though um and 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 we feel like though that's so much smarter and better but again when they've done studies people are happier people are more uh, secure people are are ha- are have have more self-esteem and like levels of pride and and know how to judge themselves in these group settings and these uh, more communal societies like if i if i do right by my community i'm a good person right rather than like i have to achieve this and that and this and then go back and find someone to reflect it at me and uh, all kinds of like weird like things to try to make yourself feel like well, you're a good person. Yeah, and the, and the 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 having a kid to feel like you're happy or a good person is basically <laughs> you're creating property. Yeah, that's basically what it is. You're creating something that is yours to mold. You know, which a lot of people. That's why they they do say like I just want to mold something. Really, you know? I've heard people say that. That's why they wanted to become parents. Wow, because they want to they want to they want to mold somebody and create a person. And it's like oh, well, let you it know, be its own person. You know what else I worry about? Uh-oh. Like oh, there's that movie I really I want to see that's about this. Um, what is it? Uh, oh, it's, there's let's talk about Kevin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. John C. Riley. Oh, what if you get a kid, and it's a sociopath? Like there are things like like what do you do with that? Yeah. Like welcome to the rest of your life. Raise your sociopath kid. Hope <laughs> it doesn't murder too early. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell if it kills all of its all the frogs and the yeah, squirrels exactly. and the insects around the block. Uh, I put a firecracker in a grasshopper's ass. I'm f- I don't want to kill anyone. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Um, yeah, I mean, what the heck was that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So people want to, okay, because so you, you know I'm reading that marriage book. Which one? You're always reading a marriage book. No, I'm reading the Baron same one. Baron likes marriage it's, books. It's the same one. Uh, well, because it's a cultural context. It's called Marriage, A History. Uh-huh. Or the subtitle is From Obedience to Intimacy or How Love Conquered a Marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So it it reflects what it's basically a history of marriage, but also a uh, she's tracing where the ideas that we have about marriage today came from. Mm -hmm. And if you will, the the point of marriage since agriculture, which is because before agriculture, we were tribes that foraged and we were nomadic and it was we survived every single day. But then agriculture was like, oh, we can grow this stuff. And now I have some and you don't. Mm hmm. I'm going to save this for later and put it over here, which means that I have more of it than you do. So now I'm rich Commerce. and you're poor. Yeah. And then it changed everything to being about property. And then wives became property. And it became about, well, whose kids are mine? Because before that, it was everyone's child's everyone's child. Because there was some passage about like some European trader who was in um, 
Yes, yeah, it's all about status. Yeah, he was in um, he was in America and he was trading with natives, and um, you know, I guess the the, the tribe kind of had some sort of you know open marriage, like everyone was everyone's mm-hmm. lovers, and you didn't know whose kids were actually yours. Ew. And yeah, and uh, the the European settlers like you know you really he said something like uh, you shouldn't share your wife because then you don't know who's your son, and the native was like everyone's son is my son. Yeah. It was like the idea of like the, the, he's mine, he's not, you get my stuff, you don't was absurd to him. Well, yeah, like the, like oh, the, the, the chief that has hundreds of children. Like, well, you're kind of misinterpreting this whole society. It's not necessarily that eh, he's the chief. Everybody's children is his children. Everyone's children is his children. They're not biologically his yeah. kid. And Native Americans, a friend of mine wrote me, uh, wrote me, sent me an article that was about how um, biological ties weren't as important mm-hmm. to certain tribes as much as the spiritual like if you shared the spirit animal or you know the stuff like that, it was like it was about finding your spiritual family as opposed to blood relations are the the most important, which is a European idea that is everywhere now. Yeah. And my point is is that when it became about property and became about these kids are my kids, and then it became that the the kids were property. That's what it was all about. So people still do that. Is, yeah. is what I'm saying. People think of their kids as property, which is why they want to lock. Everyone out of the have having influence on the kid because it's not your kid, it's my kid. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kid. Sometimes maybe you should. Yeah. Like some parents are shitty, and because they're isolated, they don't have any perspective. And also, that's how people's brains grow by being exposed, exposed to different things. ideas. And then, and you can still talk to them about it and be like, "Here's why we think that's wrong." But at least, like you've. They've, they've understood the idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the not at all even exposing them, like not giving them any kind of knowledge to rattle around in their little kid brains, kid brains. that creeps me out. Well, that's why they're so fucking naive yeah. because we have this, uh, there's like this and such, we got to protect them from all this horrible imagery. And it's like, you know what? Like when I think about our kids' movies, like Secret of Nim yeah. or Never Ending Story, it was all like, that's so dark. It, it, yeah dark stuff scary stuff and there's all this like there's so much more than you think to the world mm-hmm. aspect of it mm-hmm. um, which was exciting and cool and now I feel like that's been like well don't worry the world is very small and soft and there's no corners they have no they have no perspective yeah. of that you can't just do everything that yeah. you want well, like, like there are consequences for your actions yeah and it's so like choose wisely. we were talking about with the, the positivity and negativity right it's like there there are good things and there are bad things and there are good feelings and there are bad feelings and that's and you know the difference because both exist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um there was a uh, uh, oh no I forgot what I was gonna say um, we we're talking about I'm good gonna film, interrupt bad you film. in like five seconds okay do it four three two one I once said to somebody because okay my sisters have had a very different life than I have they're thirteen years younger than me mm-hmm. right thirteen and fourteen years younger they're sixteen and seventeen. They grew up in a house, which I did not grow up in. They grew up with a father, which I did not have. Um, I was raised by two women, my mom and my grandmother, right? So, but whenever I see them, and they're, they're, they have personalities, but they, they're, as dumb as it sounds to say, way more spoiled than I was. Because they're not having the, they're, they're a little bit more concerned with things. Oh, yeah. That's another thing, that what? weird cockiness. That kids that, have now? Yeah. Yeah, that like, I I run shit. Yeah, like pe- adults, you're so stupid because they're because they're because kids are made to be the the boss in the relationship, Blech. and it also has to do with I think sitcoms that are on like yeah. tween like the Disney sitcoms and the Nick sitcoms where it's like all the comedy comes from kids condescending to their parents. Yeah, 
and and putting their parents down. So like they are they're they're more sheltered and more naive than I was, but they're way more condescending. They're they're very sarcastic, very mean, which, which at times, contrib- which in a way I was like, why would you talk? Which creates fearful adults mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they don't have they they don't know how to handle things, um, and they and they have to be high status. All the time, and it so, creates the, it creates dissonance in the relationship. It creates a big distance. Yeah. So get those those things that I don't like. I feel uncomfortable about. I am scared of away from me, and get and, and those societies and those right. people and all of that stuff. Get like I those make me very feel very unsafe. Get them away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, do you remember when the they released the Sesame Street, the original Sesame Street stuff? I read that article in yeah. the Times where it was like the the first season dvd uh for dvd of the first season of sesame street came out and there was a sticker said warning not, not suitable, suitable for, for children, children. <laughs> on sesame, sesame street. street and do you remember what the article said because i remember this Mm-mm. fascinating she said that it's true when you watch it the first scene in sesame street is a girl who's lost and some man comes along and takes her by the hand takes her to his home him and his wife make dinner for the girl, call her parents, and then the parents come get her, right? In the 70s, maybe, right? But now we're so, oh, man, you, you think, oh, he's going to diddle her little bits. No. Yeah. But then it was a different time, and it was innocent, and it was about that you could trust adults, which now is not, you know, you can only trust the ones in your home, right? Yeah, if um, that. If that. Um, yeah, all so, that, like, tell a trusted adult, but, but we're not going to help you define what that is. Exactly. But also, it was the 70s, and it was New York. Sesame Street was clearly somewhere in the Upper West Side. And, oh, it was Astoria, actually. Oh, okay, Astoria, whichever. I have a new cue. Um, the thing is that it was 70s, and it was very industrial, and there's, it, there's parts of the show that are very psychedelic. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the point is, because Sesame Street that we grew up with was learning is fun, mm-hmm. but the original Sesame Street was... Learning is a good distraction hmm. from the world because it was Carter recession like we're having now, except the 70s. So things weren't amazing. It was like you live in a place that there's all these big buildings and structures and it's hard to concentrate. And it's, but, but learning can be a, a way to be distracted from this bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of dark. Yeah. It's kind of dark. And that's why it, it doesn't fit what we teach children now. Which was everything's great and good, and that's you know. What, but then it was like there was dimension. There's a dimension to Sesame Street. Yeah, that is probably frightening to kids now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do, I do, kind of cherish and really like those, those things that creeped me out as a kid because I felt like they weren't just creepy; they were also smart. Mm-hmm. Like there was a there was an intelligence attached to them like mm-hmm. like the dark crystal like labyrinth basically a lot of well, jim henson projects i think that pixar um, is storytellers did you ever did you ever see the, the jim henson's in, the storyteller you know it's on instant watch is it both that and the greek myths i oh the greek myths are not as good i own it on dvd because i was so obsessed with storytellers Storyteller. was john it's, hurt uh, was he the john the, hurt was the uh, with the dog was the was the guy with the dog who told really? the stories mm-hmm. huh. and then the greek myths one is michael gammon yeah the greek myths one does, is not good i like the greek myths it's i don't think it's as good as the the other one but it is it is okay they're both on instant watch jim henson yeah. storytellers watch um, watch it but i think after that you pixar, watch i think pixar is kind of taking up this mantle yeah. of doing movies that are 
technically for kids, but they're so smart and they have dimension to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like those creepy under the bed toys and Toy Story and, and the... The toys and Toy Story, even Monsters, Inc. I mean, oh, yeah. Ratatouille, Up. There's there's deep subjects being discussed in a way that everyone can access. Wally. Yeah. Yeah. I was really resistant to it. That's oh, fucking It's amazing. Smart. Yeah. It it presumes that we're going to get so fucking lazy <laughs> that we, yeah. we we make the world so dirty that we fly into space and forget to the point where our bones have deteriorated. Yeah. We literally don't walk. That's but, deep. But that there that is, is deep. But that there is still personality and wonder and love. It's just not people anymore. The well, well it, it's going to take singularity. Um yeah, it's a uh, I don't know. So are you going to have kids? I want to have, I do, I, I, I want to have kids. In the last couple of years I've admitted, or I've, I've realized that I do because I, I hit, you know, I hit 30 and I was like, my mom had a 10 year old when she was my age. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. And, and I noticed everyone's waiting later, waiting later. And, um, I personally think it has to do with like some, you know, a lot of diseases that are going around, uh, you know, or, or developmental diseases. I, I sometimes wonder if that's because we've waited so late, you know, because we've missed yeah. the, 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 the peak of our fertility. Yeah. Um, but I, I had this thought that if I don't have it in the next five years, then there's no point. Because I there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to be 50 when they're going to high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, 50 is not as old as it used to be. I'm going to be a really old 50 if I can't <laughs> if I can't stop this Mexican Coke. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, that's the thing. It, it was uh, it was pretty, pretty scary breaking off that en- engagement because it was like, well, this is the road to those things. Mm-hmm. But I do not want the things that are on this road. Yeah. Now that I'm not in that anymore, I'm like, oh, I, having a kid would be cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing. But for now me- I would have to re- have to find find somebody new. Right. Right. It's Get a whole all that journey. tied up. Ugh. But you know, because you know me, and um, I've met you, yeah. And anyone who's who's listening to this podcast doesn't necessarily know this, but you know that uh, I subscribe to alternative relationship structures. Oh, they could tell by now. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I and it doesn't seem likely to me that I will meet someone that will want to have a child with me and will also have the same because it seems like people who are into alternative relationship structures, the ones I've met at least don't want to have kids ever. Well, but and the ones that do want to have kids aren't into that at all. In it, within that though, don't don't did, would you not expect that at least for a while that would need to be backburnered that you there would need to be a, a turned up commitment on the, on the the relationship in which you have a child? I think it I still think it depends. Really? Cuz I've I've I read a lot about this mm-hmm. and I mean like there, some people don't do that at all and it works. It depends on who it's with. Yeah, I guess so. That's the thing. It just seems like a lot of work for one person. It seems like a lot of work but it it it, it I don't know cuz obviously it's nothing I've done. Yeah. Um anyway, we'll talk more about this some other time. We'll see you next time on Deep Shit Street. <laughs> yes, really, Eliza. That is the end of the podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope uh, a lot of things were said that will make you want to put a baby in someone or to let someone put a baby in you or just steal a baby. Plain old baby theft. You know how that goes. It's a lucrative industry. Anyway, there's something that 
Eliza said a couple different times that uh, was a term I had never heard, which was helicopter parent. So in case you, like myself, had never actually heard that term, um, the definition says here on Wikipedia, the most trusted source on the internet, helicopter parent is a colloquial early 21st century term for a parent who pays extremely close attention to his or her child's or children's experiences and problems, particularly at educational institutions. So uh, that makes total sense. Just a parent that is always hovering around their child, i.e. like that of a helicopter hover. Anyway, I just, I just didn't hear that. I hadn't heard that before, and then I, when I listened to this podcast again, I was like, helicopter parent, what, what the dick cheese does that mean? Yes, what the dick cheese. That's an expression that I use that you can use. So anyway. Uh, I will see you next time on Deep Shit, and um, I think our next guest will be Lisa Beth Johnson tackling the extremely hilarious issue of death. So put that in your fake pipe and smoke bubbles. Bye.